to pick them up and wave them around, make Jesus glad, the devil mad, and say this, say, Heavenly Father, I've tuned into live stream because I'm a live wire. <laughs> I have, I'm fully awake and fully attentive to the Word of God and to the Holy Spirit. And I look to the Word and the Spirit to guide me in all the affairs that are before me. And I'm determined that I will manifest victory in Jesus' name. Amen. We've got three uh, places for you to look at tonight. First one is John chapter 16, and a very familiar verse in, uh, in John 16, 33. Jesus is speaking uh, to his disciples, and this is the night before he was crucified. And he said in verse 33, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer or be of good courage. The word cheer means courage. Be of good courage or be very courageous, another way to say that. I have overcome the world. And, of course, the emphasis there, the implication is that uh, we, we can too, and we should. All right, and so... <clears throat> In 1 John, we go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. And whatsoever, the King James says whatsoever, I, I think it whosoever would be a little better than that. So whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And then the chapter before that, 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 and we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect or mature, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear hath torment. He that fears is not made perfect or made mature in love. And so tonight I wanted to share a message entitled, love, entitled the love, love, the Key to Victory. Love, the Key to Victory. According to the word here in verse 4, we were born for victory. <laughs> Everyone that's been born again, not necessarily born into the world, uh, that, you know, if you were born into the world, that's not necessarily your your your. Uh, uh, destiny. Victory is definitely not your destiny. That's why you have to be born again. So he's talking about people that have born, been born again. And so uh, when we've been born again by his spirit, then our destiny uh, becomes victory. A victory over this world and everything in it. And this victory, this conquest, another word for victory when you look it up in your concordance, this success, that's another word, <laughs> success. You know, we're born for success. Uh, and, it's, and it says this victory is, is overcoming or subduing, be another good word for overcoming, subduing what's in this world. I mean, every Christian ought to subdue the things that are in this world. And how do we accomplish that, that subduing? It's by and through our faith. And we know that, and that's why Jesus said, be of good courage, be courageous, 
I think about every time I look at that word courageous, I think about uh, Joshua when, 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 uh, when Moses died, God came to Joshua. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, get up. You know, don't, don't be mourning. And they did mourn for him in an official way, but in a personal way, three times in that first chapter of Joshua, God encouraged Joshua. He said, be strong and very courageous three different times. And uh, he said, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so will I also be with thee. Well, we said the same thing to us. As I was with Jesus, I will be also with thee. We have the same Holy Ghost. Jesus overcame the world, and we can too, and we should. That's what we were born to do. And so faith people love God so much more than they fear what's in the world. <laughs> you know, that perfect love casts out fear when you're hooked up with God it's not that you don't notice things it's not that you don't have maybe a, a, an emotion of fear but you don't move on that emotion you overcome that emotion because of your love your perfect love minimizes and throws out and casts away all fear that would hinder you from operating so what's in the world see when we start thinking about it what's in the world well sins in the world Jesus paid for it you know, he paid for all the sin. What else is in the world? Sickness. Jesus took it himself, bare our sickness and took our infirmities. Demons. Jesus defeated them. The devil, he defeated him too. And so, what else is in the world? Seeming impossibilities. I mean, there seems to be impossibilities. Sometimes, you know, with man, it's impossible, but not with God. Before with God, all things are possible. And as well as that, all things are possible to those who believe, those who act on the word. There's nothing impossible. So those are the, that's what he's talking about, overcoming the world. And, uh, and so, no, we're not afraid of the world. We're not afraid of what's in the world. We're not intimidated. I like to say to people, do you think the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is intimidated by your trouble? <laughs> Jesus said you're going to have trouble in the world. I mean, he said that in John 16, 33. He said in the world you're going to have trouble. You're going to have tribulation. You're going to have anguish. You're going to have disappointments. You're going to have those kinds of things. They're not at all unusual. But the difference between people of faith and others is that we overcome those things. We overcome every obstacle. You see, faith always is opposed. Why should we be uh, surprised when God has given us faith in a certain area that the enemy would attack us in that very same area and try to oppose us? The answer is he always opposes faith. He always opposes any action that we take. But the great thing is that we have the power to overcome any obstacle. Amen. And we just run right through it, man, with, with the words of our mouth. And, uh, and so perfect love of God. Mature, I should say the mature love of God. The mature love of God casts out all fear. And our faith, the Bible says our faith works by love. It operates by love. Without love, everything is is useless. There's no point. But uh, with love, our faith works. And our faith is, is the success which comes from our subduing this world and reminding it it's under our feet. You know, somebody said one time, you know, if you've got anything to tell the devil, write it on the bottom of your shoes. <laughs> While you're walking on top of me, read the message. <laughs> 
praise God. You know, everything around us right now, especially right now, the Antichrist system is working. You know, here in 1 John, he talks about there are many Antichrists in the world. He, he's talking about that spirit. That spirit is alive. I'm pretty sure the Antichrist could be, could be alive right now also. I wouldn't doubt it. Whether he is or not, that spirit is alive, and he is influencing men and women. He's influencing what we call society. He's influencing politics. Wherever there's money and power, the Antichrist spirit is active and beginning to move in that way to possess all these things. You know, the, the Antichrist spirit is just like the devil. It's a lying spirit. It's a murdering spirit. Uh, it's, a, it's a thief. They, they steal. And, uh, and so in, let's, let's look at something real quick. I was uh, looking at here in 2 Thessalonians the other day, which is one of the end time books. And uh, 2 Thess Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul is writing to them. You know, in chapter 1, in chapter, in the first, excuse me, the first book of Thessalonians, he talks about the rapture. And then they got so uh, uh, focused on the rapture of the church and how God, Jesus is going to take us away off the earth that they all began to think it was going to happen next week. So he had to correct their thinking, <laughs> you know, and give them a, uh, some, some guidance about what was going to happen before that would happen. And in that chapter 2 of Second Thessalonians, he said, verse 7, for the mystery of iniquity, talking about the Antichrist, does already work. See, this is 2,000 years ago. That spirit was already working then. So let's not get, get confused with the spirit of Antichrist, which are many of those, many people who have that spirit, and the lawless one that the Bible speaks of. Uh, those are two different things. They're similar, but there's one particular person that will manifest that. He said, for the mystery of iniquity does already work, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. What in the world does that mean? Well, let's look at this, break it down. So the mystery of iniquity is working. Only he who now letteth, who's he talking about? He's talking about the church. The word letteth means restrains. The church is still restraining that spirit until the church be taken out of the way. Once the church is raptured, then the Antichrist himself will come on the scene and he will be all the things that the book of Revelation talks about, the book of Daniel talks about a little bit too. And so we, so getting, what I wanted to say is the church, one of the main jobs of the church is to restrain the spirit of Antichrist. And so that kind of leads me to uh, what we're going through right now, this whole COVID pa panic, the politics of panic and fear, which got a whole lot of people so afraid that they willingly and quickly gave up their constitutional rights of peaceful assembly, their rights to having uh, freedom of religion, uh, the right to be able to earn a living doing what they do. They just sat at home under, uh, under penalty of law, threatened with fines and imprisonment. And why did they do that? This is the spirit of Antichrist ruling through politicians 
and, and, and government bureaucrats to exercise authority, unlawful authority, lawlessness. And over the people of God, it, I'm sorry, I, I just, I don't like the fact that there are churches, uh, even in Texas, where we have ability to open and they're still closed. And what is their excuse? I, I, I'm sorry, I just don't feel that they have one. I, 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 don't, I don't see it in the Bible. I don't see how we should obey. Well, you know, but there's a terrible pandemic. It's not that much worse than the flu. I mean, the facts don't lie. The, 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 they lied about the death rate. You did know that, although, although that all went away real quick. They found out that the actual death rate from coronavirus is 6% of the numbers they've been quoting, 6%. So let's just say there are 200,000 deaths in America. 6% is, real, is the real number. That's 12,000. That's about half of the normal death rate of of the flu every year. 25 to 50,000 people die of the flu every year. We don't shut the church down. We don't shut the economy down. We don't shut the schools down over the flu. I'm not denying there's a COVID. I'm not denying there is a disease, but I'm denying the, uh, the reason that all this happened is not because of the disease. It's because of the Antichrist spirit. And the church should be restraining that thing. So I, I, I salute all of you, all of Glorious Way Church. I'm so proud of you because you've, you've walked right along with us on this thing. And uh, you did your part as an example to the whole society. Hey, listen, we don't have to kowtow to the government and do every little thing they tell us to do. And so uh, I'm believing that more and more people will wake up and see that. So every time I see a mask, every time I see distancing, uh, it's an indication that many, many people bought in to this fear and panic. And, uh, and so the, the real issue about closing churches, and this is something I meditated on, uh, why, would, why would it be so important to shut the church down? Well, they just don't preach the gospel. Well, that's true, but they preach it online. There's online services. Almost every uh, church has got online. What's wrong with online? I mean, well, online is better than nothing, but it's not really what the church should have done. We've never done it before. We've never gone to only online. I mean, anybody that has a church building, they wouldn't say, oh, let's not bother with the church building. Let's turn off the air conditioning and let's meet in the parking lot. Let's have a parking lot meeting. No, nobody would do that. That would not be the recipe for success. <laughs> so why are we doing it? Because we bought into this lie. And why did the Antichrist want it to happen? Because in a corporate service, in a service like we have, and we've been having ever since April the 5th, by the way, six months, almost six months, we've been having church, Sunday morning and Sunday night. We, as a matter of our own decision, decided to stay live stream on Wednesday night, not because we're afraid of gathering, but we felt like it was working very well and we were reaching a lot of other people that were watching. So it just is another way to do, do church. So uh, I don't know how long we'll do it this way. We're doing it this way right now until the Holy Spirit tells us otherwise. But the reason the devil doesn't want us to meet is because of this corporate presence where we're worshiping God, the vertical side of worship. And the Bible says, draw near to God, and what happens? He draws near to you. So what happens when we have a church service? It's different on live stream because we're not all together. We're not worshiping. We're hearing the word. It's valuable. But in a, in a, in a worship service, in a church service, we've got, we've got our praise team. They're leading us in worship. 
and we draw near to God, he draws near to us. And then the, the vertical component, so we have that, that closeness, that love is manifest. That's when you really know the love of God. You experience the love of God. And you get to express your love to him in a more powerful way with all uh, of the company of believers, people of like precious faith. It is, un, it is no way to reproduce that on live stream effectively. You can try it. But it's not, there's no comparison. And what, what is it that casts out fear? It's that assurance, that maturity of love that is, that is experienced in a church service. And then the other part of that is the horizontal benefit. Because you're in a room full of other believers, people, many of whom you know. You may not know everyone, but you know a lot of people. And the, the love of God is expressed horizontally. I mean, I think about when people come up to this altar and have hands laid upon them. You're out there with your hands stretched out, and you're believing with them to get healed. You're believing with them to have deliverance. You're believing with them to have a breakthrough. And when we pray for people in the live stream audience, you all lift your hand. That's the love of God being expressed expressed horizontally and you experience the love of God when people need to know that love they don't have to just do it by themselves you can experience it by yourself I'm not saying you can't but I'm saying it's enhanced that's why it's the Bible says neglect not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is and so what I've seen is that once churches closed and stayed closed that love got less and less and fear got more and more and folks, I, I don't know whether you know it or not, but this church is an example. And uh, that's what I want to do is I want to be an example. I want to project that example. People need to gain the courage to get back and do what they've been doing. Because that's, that's, what that's, that's what's necessary. <laughs> Amen. And so you get all the fear cast out. I mean, when, you, when you're just in love with Jesus and you're worshiping him and you're in love with brothers and sisters like you that are, have needs or maybe they're here to supply the need, I mean, there's nothing like it. And, uh, and so the more we let panic fool us into giving away our liberty, see, that's, that's what the whole game is. <laughs> you know, that, the communists found this out a long time ago. If you make the people afraid, they will give you their liberty in order for government to protect them. That's how Hitler got in charge. That's how, that's how Castro got in charge. That's how you know, all the Communist Party got in charge. And uh, let's stop this right now. Let's stop it. Let's, let's not participate in the fear and panic. Let's not be so compliant with government. Let's stand up and say no. I heard about a pastor recently who has several thousand in his uh, ministerial alliance. And he made a trip out to California just on purpose to urge the churches out there that he was related to, open up, even if it means paying a fine. Open up. Defy the government. See, we, I, that's what the church ought to be doing. We ought to not be just, oh, well, let me wear my mask. You know, look, amen. We've proven it, haven't we, here at Glorious Way? We've proven it. It's not that no one has gotten sick, but everybody, you know, during a flu season, some people get the flu, some people get sinus infections, some people have this, some people have that. It's not about uh, nobody ever has anything wrong with them physically, but what do we do? We, we recover. The fear of death is overrated. It's 99 point something percent survivable. And, uh, and so 
That's what the devil is trying to plant in the church. The fear of death so that the devil can steal, kill, and destroy in our nation. I say no. We're not going to let it happen. Amen. And uh, just on a side note while I'm talking about this. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, I've heard ever since I got saved, you know, God does not live in temples made by hands. Because, you know, on the day that Jesus was crucified, after he died on the cross, there was a great earthquake and, and earthquake and the veil of the temple, which is something like 21 inches thick, uh, it was ripped in two from top to bottom. And that signified that God moved out of the temple. He no longer dwell, he, his dwelling place was no longer in the temple. And uh, now our bodies are the temples of the Holy Ghost, which we have of God. First Corinthians 6, what know you not? that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Ghost, which you have of God. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So it's true. The Holy Spirit now makes his residence in our bodies. But that doesn't mean he's not present in buildings. <laughs> because actually, on the day of Pentecost, I want to prove it to you. Let's look at Acts chapter 2. And uh, I've got a reason I want to share this. It's, well, what's he talking about now? Well, it's just a little aside, a little parenthesis. Just, just bear with me. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were seated. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they were in this upper room. And it says a sound filled the house. Well, what was the sound? Well, it was the sound of the Holy Ghost, right? <laughs> it wasn't just a thunderstorm passing by. Wasn't <laughs> talking about a thunderstorm. And, and so what I'm, my point is, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost began to be everywhere present. But he was more present and very present in the upper room than he was anywhere else in Jerusalem or anywhere else on the face of the earth. And so my point is that, yes, his dwelling place is on the inside of us individually and on the inside of us collectively. That's his dwelling place, but his presence is everywhere. He is everywhere present. God the Holy Spirit is everywhere present. But I say he's more present here than he is just almost any place. I mean, let's take Zeke's Bar and Grill down the road. Well, he's more present here than he is there. I believe that. And my point of this is because we've had these two very big Republican meetings. We opened our church and allowed the Harris County to have their organizational meeting. And they had delegates from every corner of Harris County. So some of them had to drive all the way from east side, west side, south side, north side. They had to drive to this church because this was the only venue available and they had run out of time. And we opened our church building and, and they, they had such peace. They all went over and said, my goodness, this meeting was so smooth. It was peaceful. Why was it? We just felt so good. It was an atmosphere. What were they feeling? They were feeling the Holy Ghost. Now, we're so quick to say, oh, well, God doesn't build, live in buildings. Well, he doesn't live here, but he sure is here. This isn't his dwelling place, but he sure hangs out here a lot because I feel him when I come in here in the week. I feel him in the offices. I feel him, I feel him more here than I do in other places, you know. 
I, I feel him. I feel him here. What do you mean feel? I perceive him. I, I sense him. And so did the Republicans. <laughs> and then we had just this past weekend a state meeting here. The executive board met here, 100, 100 plus people. And every one of them said, oh, I love it. The atmosphere. I feel, I feel so much better, so peaceful. It's wonderful. What were they feeling? They were feeling the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and it made them want to get, some of them came from churches that are still closed. So now they're kind of challenged. They want to get their churches opened up. So uh, I tell you, uh, thank God the Holy Ghost is everywhere present. And we can tap into his power. And, uh, and let, uh, let's, uh, let's just keep continuing of what we're doing right now. Let's, let's be wit bold witnesses for what God is doing. I've got three little things, just some, some let, let us do. Let us, let some action out of. Number one, let's grow in love and fellowship with the Father. I mean, that's something, you know, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And love can grow. Love is, is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Love can increase. And the more we love, the less fear has a hold on us. The less we're likely to buy into any kind of panic and fear that's coming on the scene. Because let me tell you something. Government was paying attention to how many people were panic-stricken. And they're going to use this over and over again. We must get perfect and mature in love. We must. The church must grow in love. All right, number two, let's grow in love. That's the second point. So let's grow in love and mercy for those that are lost in the world. See, not everybody's going to agree with us. Some people are going to call us names like they did when we opened on, on uh, Easter. We had people that were sending us ugly Facebook posts and Twitter feed, all that. Well, that's okay. One, one person actually called the church and was ugly. That's fine. Don't threaten us and call the cops on you. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but let's grow in love and mercy toward those that are without. They just don't know God like we do. They're not made perfect in that love. The Christians aren't, or they wouldn't obey this kind of silliness. And uh, third, let's be examples for Jesus love right here right now i mean the world needs what we've got and we what do we have well we've got faith but faith works by love and so let's manifest that love by telling people the truth modeling the right behavior modeling the right attitude and let's not crumble under every tin horn dictator that comes along with some quote unquote health expert that probably flunked out of uh Medical, I shouldn't say that. I don't know any of them, okay? I just don't trust them. I think by, by virtue of, of some of the stuff that went on with the COVID thing. So let's, let's wake up and let's manifest the love of God. Amen. Let's lift our hands and receive the word tonight. Praise God. Love. And I mean, we got the victory. We've got the victory. That's the way we get the victory. <laughs> Amen.